0: Your mouth World headquarters. On today's show, has Times Square become the new hotspot for mosh pitting with cops? Murder, Murder, the new workouts the NYPD is recommending to help its officers have the flexibility to reach their batons. And why Ukrainian generals are asking American media companies. To stop telling the Russians, they've run out of bullets. This doesn't help. Yes, we are out of munitions, but they did not know that. They were in their ditches. We were in our ditches. Stalemate, like usual. But then you have to tell them, we have no ammo. So they take Avidivka. Maybe send us the big bombs. The things you sent to Israel. Gaza. Flat anyways. It's your daily dose of misinformation. Hold. From a lightly hemorrhoided asshole, it's today's Run Run, Your your mouth. Mouth! What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Run Your Mouth podcast. It's a pleasure to be with you guys on this Wednesday afternoon. And a reminder, I'm going to be out in Utah this weekend. If you guys are out in the Utah area, come out. Come say hello to me after the shows. I'm going to be skiing, and uh, we can hang out. And then I got Kansas City after that. And then after that, I got uh, uh, the, the 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 place with uh, with Warren Buffett. I'm going to be eating dinner with Warren Buffett. Come out for that. We're going to be talking about financials. I'm going to be getting into charts like this with the guy, Omaha, Nebraska. I'm going to be out in uh, Omaha, Nebraska. Go to RobbieTheFire.com. You can get all of those links. All right listen to bring some focus into the show because uh usually we meander quite a bit we yell about equipment i want to let you guys know some of the crazy shower thoughts i've been having because i shower a lot i don't like to run my heat in the winter and so then you put on the hot shower and you just stand in there like it's a sauna for a half hour you get yourself nice and warm and then you go back and then you don't even have to go to the gym it's like cold plunge and sauna right within your own apartment Cold plunging is for other fancy, rich people. Fancy, rich people, they want to get their cold plunges. You know what the old school cold plunge is? It's called not putting on your heater and then taking hot showers and then being freezing, going back in there. It's a whole thing. You guys want to come over and live the good spa life. You guys want to know how I have this much energy to shuffle around, research topics and have focus like this? It's called not running the heat. I'll introduce you to this lifestyle. Robsnewsroom@gmail.com. at gmail.com, one candidate at a time to come experience The beauty of living in a apartment that's cluttered and uh, not running the heat, getting in and out of hot showers. All right, anyways, I was trying to talk about how we were going to be focused this episode and not get into a bunch of nonsense because there's all sorts of thoughts that are going on in these heads, and that's why we got to get them out into the universe. First is, and we're going to be talking about this more as we go. It's not going to be a big deep dive in this episode, but I'm noticing... That the reason everything is so loud is that we are constantly experiencing childlike temper tantrums, and the reason why there's childlike tam- temper tantrums is because the uh, children that we're surrounded by they don't want to work for a living, and everybody wants to raid the public purse, and because all the money is coming from the governmental parents who have this giant public purse, we're under constant childlike temper tantrums. That's what happened with all the COVID stuff. You know, these pharmaceutical companies, they don't want to actually go out there and research good products. They're going to help you. And so you're going to see a childlike temper tantrum to sell you guys on that product or the pushing of the ESG scores. You got these, the elites don't want to compete, right? They don't want to go out there. They don't want to be making products that actually create value in your life. So you know what they do? Childlike temper tantrums. You even have these—all uh, the, of these colleges—they keep wanting to get their government funding, and so when things come out, data comes out that isn't in line with the government, uh, you know, information. It's just pure socialism. They don't want good data getting out into the world. What they want, is that further the government agenda. And any single time that you come to the market with truth, with actual information, everybody panics because they don't want to compete with truth. They don't want to compete with all, with actual information. And that's why everything is so loud all of the time. That's why we have to experience this constant screaming and yelling. And you know what it is? It's childlike temper tantrums, which brings us to really what we're going to be talking about in this show. First is how much money is wasted trying to build businesses around government policies. I find sometimes I mingle with uh, liberals and, uh, you know, sometimes they're telling me about how good of a job Joe Biden's doing. And if I had to quantify the uh, two biggest blunders made by Joe Biden. Well, you know what? Let's go bigger than that. You guys want to know why Joe Biden's ruining our country. I'll tell you why he's ruining our country. I can tell you an absolute. If he's going to stay in office, uh, no, here's the problem with Joe Biden. One, it seems to me like he's trying to get as many people over the border as possible. It seems intentful. Two, he really seems to like all these wars, particularly the Ukraine one. Uh, three, the guy is so on board with the EV vehicles, and we're putting ourselves at greater risk for, uh, you know, the central bank digital currencies. Them tracking everything that we ever do, shutting down our ability to eat meat, being able to run your electricity. Which I'm preparing myself for. I'm already out here not running my heat, and you you don't think I you think I need those warm showers to get warm in my cold apartment? I don't need them. They're a luxury. So that if anything, I experience heat, and then I feel even colder when I leave it to experience even more cold. That's the kind of energy I'm looking for, fully awake all the time, constant cold plunge. I don't need to get into a cold plunge. Anyways, well, like I said, we're trying not to meander here, but there's a big one with Biden, and I don't know how to qualify this, which is how much economic growth has been lost chasing his failed electric vehicle and green energy initiatives. How many oil wells weren't built? How many people looked around and thought, instead of building a business, let me go build this windmill? Instead of us having a keystone pipeline, you know what, I'm not going to build new places for uh, uh, for processing oil. I'm not going to build refineries. We're not going to do the offshore drilling. I- is there even a way to quantify the economic loss of plowing forward on an EV initiative that we weren't ready for and seems to be falling apart? And then the last one is, I'm seeing multiple articles of uh, basically criticisms of government putting out studies where there's clearly incentives to be not reporting let's just say the most accurate data or misrepresenting the data and that's the pure socialist environment that we seem to live in now where all the funds are coming from government It's all downhill from Fed spending, and so instead of actually running good, honest studies and creating value, where you're like, hey, listen, I'm a scientist, and I actually researched this, and so here's the information that I researched, and this is gonna help your lifestyle. Like, instead of putting, it's like the manipulation of what you saw in food, instead of being like, hey, you, you, you know what, instead of breakfast, instead of lunch, instead of dinner, go make yourself a fat steak and fry it up in some butter, but then Kraft and the other people who decided to make I can't believe it's not butter instead, which at this point, I think we get it. I think we all can believe that that's not butter. How many years is are we going to not be able to, can, can people really not wrap their head around the fact that it's not butter? So anyways, you want to be selling I can't believe it's not butter instead of butter butter works perfectly good And so you need to create all sorts of fake government studies Reinvert the food pyramid you tell people that sugar cereals are the main thing that they should be eating and that beef and other things are at The bottom you don't want to touch that what you need is that fake synthetic movie uh, Movie butter popcorn to be on your food at all times that you can really process it and diary it out If you want to keep your intestines clean of all bacteria and create a smooth runway where everything that you can seem just gets blasted out the other side what you're going to need is synthetic oils and so that's what government wants to do they want to put fluoride up in our water they want to get us eating seed oils and other stuff that was made for industrial equipment and the only way they can do that is if the scientists and the universities are willing to put out reports like old-school smoking this shit's actually good for your health so With that introduction of the deep dives that we're going to do in this episode, I do have to offer a correction from the last episode. We don't often get things wrong, but I was uh, thinking about things while I was taking these warm showers to avoid the cold of my apartment. Uh, But I was talking about last week that the Fannie Willis case did not strike me as a conflict of interest, and that a conflict of interest would be if someone on Donald Trump's defense team was somehow working with someone on the prosecutionary team. Like if someone on the prosecutionary team was taking someone on Donald Trump's team out on fancy nice vacations, he'd go, hey, the Donald Trump defense team might be botching this because there's a conflict of interest that they're going out on nice vacations. I was like, that's a conflict of interest. The current thing's not a conflict of interest. And I was thinking about it. I guess there is a conflict of interest in that you could have a bad case. You could have a case that you know is not gonna work out. You could have a case that you know the prosecution's gonna fall apart. But you want to milk that billing because the person that you hired is sending you some money on the back end. I can't remember the guy's name, but there was a uh, the old school state senator from New York got in trouble for that, where he was sending I think all sorts of legal contracts to a particular law firm, getting a nice payout on the back end. Do you guys remember that guy's name? It was some it was some Jew, Jewy name. It was like a Springer, Springsteen, Springer, Springerstein, Jewy, 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 Jewy Goldbergstein. I can't remember the guy's name, but anyways, I guess there could be a conflict of interest where it's actually a bad case, and you're keeping the thing alive just so that you could have the billing. So I guess uh, in regards to that, um, it was somewhat inaccurate to say that it was uh, that there was no conflict of interest there. All right, I'm gonna walk off camera one second, just take a glance at the comments just to make sure that. My sound is on, which it is. Look, we're cooking already. All right, so uh, let's get into the show because we do have a bunch of topics as I just teased moments ago. Here we go, let's add this to the screen. There you go, you got my fancy presentation coming at you. All right. First article for today is uh, mission critical for humanity. Who director warns that disease X outbreak, a matter of when, not if. So listen, before we get into the other topics and the new government information coming out, I do want to remind all of the listeners of the run your mouth podcast that rely on us for reliable information. I think everyone should just start staying home. Now, if you want to avoid disease X, the ca- catastrophic disease that will exist that we, because the who doesn't currently have enough control over all of the government's that there's independent governments out there that we you know, pretend to vote into office and have our democracies for, but that's not enough. We need one governmental organization to be in charge of everything and be able to lock things down, and they don't currently have that. And there will be a time in the future where Fauci or others create a disease X, some sort of X so much more horrible than what we saw with COVID. And there's going to be people that are unpracticed about at just staying in their homes and not living their lives. Think about what happened during COVID, the adjustment period. Like what you got to be doing is not just stockpiling food, but you got to stockpile shows that you're going to watch. You got to stockpile your yo Delta gummies. You need, you're going to need to have those in the house. By the way, I took a red, uh, a red Kratom the other night like, uh, the, the good people, yo, kratom.com. They sent me some big bags of some kratoms and I took a red one and I, I had, uh, firstly, Oh my God, I was sitting there and I was looking out my window and then I was just, I was having a nice time. And then I had some glorious nightmares. You ever have like, nor like you wake up from nightmares, like so glorious. You almost want to go back to sleep. Cause it was like such an Epic horror movie. You're like, that was exciting. I mean, I'm going to be tired in the morning because I was running around in my dreams all night, but let's get back to that. Anyways, I'm just trying to let everyone know, don't get too used to this lifestyle of being out in the world and living your life. You might want to get back into your house now so that you can be well adjusted for when this uh, um, disease X outbreak happens, because it's a matter of when, not if everybody, it will happen. And our governments are ill-prepared to handle it because we haven't given centralized authority to the WHO uh, to you know run all of our independent governments. And now, listen, guys, this is, I got good news. You know, we we do a bunch of bad news on the show. And I guess before this, because I already mentioned the Kratom's, yo, Kratom.com, home of the $6 kilo, making the independent content like this available. Anyways, I have figured out how we can have peace in the Middle East. Everyone gets real upset. They're like, all you guys do is you complain. You're a bunch of whiny Jews. You never come forward with solutions, you're just bashing at everybody. You know, Israel's over there, and and they understand that they don't want to have to bomb civilians and hospitals, but it's the only way that they can possibly have peace because these Palestinians refuse to recognize them as a state. And people, they get upset at me and Dave. We're like, where are your solutions? And sure, maybe we said things like, how about you don't fund Hamas to try and make it so that you don't have to have a two-state solution and maybe you don't work with the, with the people to send the money even after the fact and maybe go after more of the leadership or at least just don't kill the civilians and maybe think about having a two-state thing and then trying to figure it out or just don't kill civilians for now until you maybe you come up with some other plans. But listen, well, you know what? Those weren't firm enough solutions. I want to come forward for you people with something that once you see it, Once you see what I see in this video, you're going to realize, oh my God, we can have peace in the Middle East. And by the way, you know, I didn't realize the superpowers that I have. It's from like looking at Where's Waldo as a kid or whatever kind of, uh, you know, OCD autism that I have. Because I was watching a simple video over here of the chaos that's transpiring in that last village that they funneled everyone from Gaza into before they try and get them into Egypt and then circle them back and just keep bombing and this ongoing ring around the Rosie bombing Gaza. But the AP, they're putting out footage of the chaos down in Gaza. And once you guys see this detail that I was able to pick up on, I don't think anyone else saw this, but I noticed this out of nowhere. It was like a where's Waldo. I was like, this is the key to peace in the Middle East. And once I show it to you, you guys aren't gonna be able to unsee it. So let's give this a quick watch border town of rafa that is where hundreds all right so you got these people are scrambling have moved to do you notice that guy in, in the blue sweatshirt Gaza. there now participating let's, let's in the us pull that back again because what i'm seeing is amidst the chaos of everything that's going on in the in middle the border east town of rafa. you've got a guy who's so chill he's being pulled by a donkey while he hangs out on his rollerblades you're telling me we can't make peace with these people people are scrambling for food And you've got some guy who's so chill he's got a cell phone in one hand a makeshift wheelie device in the other and he's just lounging in the streets no panic at all doesn't care about the situation just getting pulled by a donkey as he floats on his rollerblades maybe he may i don't know maybe this is like a jesus Muhammad type character he doesn't have rollerblades i'm just imagining that little detail and he's actually just floating maybe this guy's just floating through the crowds of gaza doesn't need a walk doesn't need anything with wheels And he's just holding on to that donkey to make it seem like he's just floating but you you, here's the point that i'm trying to make if there's a guy in gaza who's so chill that amidst the chaos he'll just be pulled by a donkey and float around on his rollerblades i feel like i can reason with that guy can we put this guy in charge of the peace negotiations for the people of gaza and this is just one individual who knows how many people are down in this area just being pulled by their donkeys making the best of a bad situation Who knows how many pair of rollerblades these people have? Maybe they're all rollerblade enthusiasts. Maybe we didn't realize that the key to unlocking the hearts of the people of Gaza is giving them rollerblades. And if we gave them all rollerblades, that they could feel that gay joy of not having to actually lift their feet as they walked, then they too would be like, you know what? Israel is a country and we could get, have we tried giving rollerblades to the people of Gaza and seeing how that played out? Or has anyone in the Pentagon thought about contacting this individual? And seeing how he is so calm amidst all this chaos, and he's just out there having a good time being pulled by his donkey, and who knows how many other relatives he might have. I'm just saying, if you guys want to get serious about peace in the Middle East, we got to start having some creative solutions here. And if people aren't able to pick up on details like this on the satellites to educate everyone else hey, there's some cool people down there, and I feel like we keep getting along, it's just going to be ongoing bombings forever. Next. Let's talk about Trump's sneakers. He's got $455 million that he's got to come up with to pay off the New York City people. They want to take away his buildings. They want to make sure that anyone who's ever lied about a building isn't doing business in the state of New York. Good luck with that. Hey, if you're a conservative and you were thought about doing business in New York, you better be careful because if you say something the wrong thing online and you were out in New York City and you were making money. Uh, they don't they, they don't care what your tax bill is they don't care what you're doing to service the community if you said the wrong thing online or you got the wrong political opinions they might start looking into the evaluations you made when you took a loan from a bank and then repaid it made it money and had business and services that people in the area were using but if you might have the wrong political opinion and they decide to look into whether or not you did business the same way everyone does and inflates the value of buildings so that you can try and get bigger loans. And that's why the banks research it. And it's the game that everyone plays. But if you partake in that game, there is a, a significant possibility. That's, that's an oversell. I don't know if they're significant, if they're just targeting Trump, but there certainly is risk of now doing business in New York city. And so Donald Trump, what's he doing? He's rolling out the sneakers, which I would love a pair of those. I would wear a pair of these high tops, the golden Trumpy high tops. And they're like $400 shoes. So you can even wear it to like a family wedding or something. And people are like, are you wearing sneakers? They're like, these are $400 trumps right here. You like freedom or not? All right. So let's give a view of Donald Trump selling his new $400 high top shoes. I believe sound should be on. If for some reason it's not, you guys can tell
1: me. We have lines and I want to thank Chase and I want to thank Alan. But we have lines going all around the block. They're going all around this block. They've never seen anything like this one. I just want to tell you, you know, I've wanted to do this for a long time. I have some incredible people that work with me on things, and they came up with this. And this is something I've been talking about for 12 years, 13 years. And I think it's going to be a big success. Your influencers have been very positive. They've been real influencers, and they love it, and they love what we've done. That's the real deal. They
0: love it. They love what we done. It's going to be huge. Everyone loves it. Everyone's talking about it. People already, I've been hearing about it 10 years. 10 years. Isn't it amazing how you can literally insert anything and put it in front of Trump and it's just going to be the same thing? It doesn't matter. He's got, I don't know what his hack of the universe is at four years old where he just, can I have another cookie, a good cookie? I know they're beautiful. They're delicious. My mom made them. And that's why I'm going to need another. And it worked once. And he was like, all right, that's all I need. That's all I need is these five sentences of it's beautiful. Everyone loves it. People are talking about it. Repeat it again. Talk about how much people love it. It's going to be great. And then that's it. You don't need it. Why is anyone going to college? Why, is that, why are any marketing teams sitting down trying to come up with commercials? Why not just go with what works? Someone can actually sit this down run it through the AI, just figure out the six sentences that Donald Trump just repeats around any single policy of, believe me, it'll be great. It's going to work. Everyone's talking about it. They all love it. And that's it. Why, why are we even doing, I should just do that with this show. Policy's going to be bad, really bad. It's what people are saying. And then you can just move on. All right. And then we have line. This is still available. They sold out of the sneakers nearly immediately, the fancy high tops. They still have, like, the running shoes, but they're not as good looking. They don't excite me like those high tops do. Those high tops look pretty cool. But they do have the Victory 47 cologne by President Trump. And what do you think Donald Trump? Donald Trump for sure has a cologne aroma. I don't know. I've never been around the guy. Anyone know what Donald Trump smells like? Like, I feel like Biden probably smells like baby powder and recently showered overcoming that old, like, you know, like the, the, you know what I mean? When you walk into an old age home and it's got that thing where, you know, it's recently cleaned, but at the same point, it's kind of gross. It's a little bit too bleachy. I feel like that's what Biden's working with. But Donald Trump, I feel like this guy, he's he's got a he's got like a cologne thing to him. He for sure does. And I don't think he's wearing this cologne. There's no way Donald Trump is gonna let us know the secret sauce cologne that he wears. I don't think he's that charitable. I don't think he cares that much about us, the common peasant, to actually go, you know what, you guys wanna know where I get my mojo from. It's from wearing this cologne. You know, everyone gets into the fragrancy oils and the this and the that's and the lemons the things to make you feel nice and smooth, well, believe me, it's not just the Sudafed that Donald Trump snorts. It's also that cologne and the sweet scent that he gets to walk around with. He should put some of his ball sweat in this. Be like, dude, you guys want want some Donald Trump mojo? There's a little bit of Donald Trump ball sweat in every single bottle. Uh, And then this was Mr. Wonderful blasting the ruling. And I do feel like this is worth uh, worth giving a listen to because it was somewhat what I was describing, of we talked about in the last week episode. You got you can't make money for a bank in New York City if you're Donald Trump. No making money for the banks. We got to bail these things out. And then why is the reason that this was considered fraud because uh, it wasn't a victimless crime? Even though he took out money from a bank, repaid the bank, built buildings that people rented from, seemingly the foundations of capitalism seeing an opportunity, borrowing money, putting a plan into action, building something that people then use and pay you from, and then paying back a bank. It would seem like the simple foundations of the way capitalism is supposed to work. And it would also seem to me like it's the game of business, where if I'm trying to get a loan, I'm going to tell you guys the maximum value of my resources, so you give me a better rate or that you lend me more money. And it's up to you to go, hey, that's not what it's worth. We don't feel comfortable with that risk, so we're going to give you this instead. But New York, not in New York, not in New York, for unexplained reasons, somehow making uh, loans to wealthy individuals, having them repay the loans and make money of the bank, somehow gets in the way of other people having resources. Unexplained, I, I would like to hear the explanation. Maybe it's because when they go out and they purchase these things, it could have been purchased by other people who didn't have loans. Maybe there's a bit of an argument there. It's a bit of a stretch, but maybe. Anyways, here's Mr. Wonderful saying uh, with a similar takeaway.
1: This case really isn't just about Donald Trump. This is an assault on the 11th sector of the S&P 500, which is real estate. Step back and think about what this means for the state of New York. development of real estate creates millions of jobs in america and once the buildings are stabilized and rented out or used for commercial real estate or whatever they generate cash flow and they're put into REITs and you and i invest in those retirees invest in them and that's how they get income that's why it became the 11th sector of the S&P it's so important to the american economy very few sectors generate as much cash as this does and so if you're a developer you're the you're an entrepreneur you go to a bank and you say, look, I want to borrow $200 million to build a building. And they say, well, what, can, what assets do you have we can secure this loan against? And you point to a building you built before. And you haggle and you argue about the value of that building. This goes on in every city on Earth. That's how real estate developers, who are entrepreneurs and take risk borrow money. That's exactly what happened here. Now, all of a sudden, after this is built successfully and finished, for some reason, this judge takes it upon himself TO FIND THIS DEVELOPER, FORGET THAT IT'S TRUMP. THIS IS NOT ABOUT TRUMP ANYMORE. IF YOU'RE A DEVELOPER AND YOU SEE THIS HAPPEN IN THE STATE OF NEW YORK, WHY WOULD YOU TAKE THE RISK TO PUT UP THIS MUCH MONEY AND HAVE A JUDGE ARBITRARILY DECIDE THAT YOU ARE IN SOME FORM OF BREACH OR FRAUD WHEN NO DAMAGES OCCURRED AT ALL? And THIS IS THE SAME PROCESS THAT OCCURS EVERYWHERE. This is about the competition of states. I thought before this judgment that the number one loser state in America was California, which is basically putting itself out of business slowly and surely. But after this judgment, I'm going to make New York the number one loser state, followed by California, then Massachusetts, New Jersey, Michigan. These are places where taxes are not competitive delaware for example is now on the loser state there you go mr wonderful giving his
0: takeaway of how this is going to affect new york city business and this brings us to our next topic which is the seesaw of uh well we've talked about it quite a bit of the seesaw of where the fed is going to put money so if it's going to inflate you want to make sure that you're in your physical assets if they're not going to continue to pour money into the stock market or otherwise which seemingly, by the way, stock markets at all-time highs, even though they uh, unwinded the quantitative easing. So talk about being wrong about something, unless I end up being right. Dun, dun, dun! Anyways, so much of trying to operate a business now is making predictions about how government's going to behave. And it's not just on the financial side. It also becomes the government policies, where all of a sudden, you're like, oh, do I no longer want to be doing business in the state of New York? Or do I no longer want to be in San Francisco? Do they just legalize homeless people taking over the city where I don't think that this is going to be as valuable a place to work in anymore? And so here are some examples that I've been seeing recently about this. First is, and this one might not fill the mold. I didn't do a full digging on it. But you have Remington, which is a the longest-running gun manufacturer in the country. 200-plus years it's existed. It's been a staple of upstate New York. This is from the New York Times. What happens to a gun town when the gun factory moves out? Now, it's possible, based off of the preliminary research that I did, that the venture capitalists, they got their hands on this thing. They milked it for all the debt. And then other local governments have given them better policies. And the factories that they have are actually not great uh for the current production that they have to do but then you also have the gun manufacturer or people at the gun manufacturer are like yeah if you guys hate guns this much we'll take our business elsewhere uh, i i would say you know I, I i so there's a possibility here's one you've got a person that's been in a town for 200 plus years they got these big ass buildings that i would think it's easier to update a building than build a new one but i'm not a manufacturing moving out of new york because of a uh, seemingly a change in gun laws that they're like, you know what, we'll take our business elsewhere. Or here's what I was talking about with Joe Biden, where it's hard to even qualify. How much did he set back economic growth in this country when he decided to pour into the green energy, create all these incentives, trick producers into thinking that electric vehicles were, the time for them is now and the consumer is going to love them and we're going to back this only to have it crumble. This is from the Wall Street Journal. Journal. The boom in battery metals for EVs is turning to bust. Producers of lithium and nickel pause projects after prices collapse, momentum slows for electric vehicle sales. What I'm saying is smart entrepreneurs thinking that there's a business opportunity because of government legislation and instead of working on honest projects. Where they actually try and solve a market need they go hey i think that there's government funding in this so we're going to put all of our money into this and then all of a sudden it doesn't quite work out because it's not working off of market signals it's working off signals from the government and then you wasted the time of that entrepreneur all the resources and it just goes belly up let's give this a read less than a year later those plans have been hobbled by a crash in battery metal prices undercut by a slowdown in electric vehicle sales growth in the u.s and china Albert Mail has deferred spending on the project amid company-wide cost-cutting that includes layoffs and delays to other investments as well. Producers of lithium and nickel, which are used in lithium-ion batteries for EVs, have installing projects and closing mines to save cash after a painfully quick fall in commodity prices. Prices of lithium are down as much as 90% since the start of last year, while the prices of nickel have roughly halved. Uh, and now you've got, uh, this is just a random picture of... Uh, Donald Trump uh, because the the truckers have decided not to bring goods and services into New York so that Donald Trump could uh, have sex with their steering wheels, which if you want to grip the wheel, he's got some old sticky cum. So I understand that decision. Uh, There's talk of a trucker protest, not delivering goods to New York City. These are always fun storylines because it's kind of like with uh, like Fight Club, the servers, the waiters, everyone against you. They're actually on our team. It's a fun one. I don't think that this is, I I can't imagine that there's that many truckers who are not going to make deliveries to New York City, that all of a sudden New York City is going to be standing around going, we're starving. And then the prosecutors are going to go, Hey man, we messed up. We better get Donald Trump, his, uh, his money back because none of these truckers will bring our goods and services, but it's a fun and developing storyline. Nevertheless, out in Israel, they found their juice scam. I knew this was going to happen. I was wondering what were they going to do to get the Ukrainians their funds if the U.S. doesn't get it approved. And so I figured Europe would step up its game for a little while. And then at some point, America would have to either reckon with the fact that we have the political willpower to get that stuff over there. Maybe it would have to wait till after the election so that people would approve it but this was from Forbes and my god they already have their juice scam worked out and I figured that there would be some sort of a scam like, just with all the money that the Pentagon just loses. So for a little while, they would just lose a little money in the direction of Ukraine and go, look, they magically found more resources. Or they'd have to just claw back some of what generals just hoarded away or just spent on mansions, whatever, Wherever, like, that money was getting funneled to, they would stop being able to funnel there and actually be like, hey, we're going to need you to sell that so that we can actually get some guns to these people. Or maybe uh, Ukraine would actually get the signal of, hey, Resources aren't coming in. It's time to call it a quits. But this was from Forbes. Joe Biden can send millions of artillery shells to Ukraine for free tomorrow and it's perfectly legal. And here's the scheme. I'll give you guys. I'm going to condense it because I read the article. It's an excess inventory scam and that the U.S. can label anything as excess inventory and then donate for free. Is it actually excess inventory? It doesn't matter. That's a title, and you can throw that title on anything. And so you could walk into every single warehouse in America, take all of our bullets, and go, hey, this is excess inventory, and we're going to donate the excess inventory to the Ukraine. And then your defense manufacturers, which, by the way, that's the importance of this war, is that we can make more money for the defense contractors. Well, then suddenly, they have to start working on new inventory because they finally got rid of all the excess inventory remember excess inventory it's just a word you can slap it on anything you can walk into our nuclear missile silo take the most advanced missile slap excess inventory on and go all right we got to donate that that's excess inventory you could take your best combat soldier the most elite seals team and just put on all their gear hey it's excess inventory and you're like all right it's excess inventory i guess we don't need it ship it over to the ukraine i don't know if that's all everything but i think with bullets they can do it and then to further the scam There's a problem with shipping costs, because let's say there's really no money to be sending over to the Ukraine. And then you take all of our gear and you label it as excess inventory. Well, how do you get it there? You're going to have to spend money to get it there. So you know what you do? You ship it to Germany and then you label it as excess inventory. Because then you're just pulling from our typical funds. We're just taking all the gear, we're shipping it to Germany, and then once all this gear is off in Germany, you go, hey, that gear is excess inventory, and then you can hand it right over to the Ukrainians. You don't need any money from the Senate. You don't need any money from from Congress. You just get the people their weapons so that they can continue to lose a war. All right, let's take a moment and thank our other sponsor, sheathunderwear.com. The only underwear that's going to separate your balls from your dick, from the rest of your junk, keep everything cool, calm, and collected. I'll be going skiing the next couple days, and I will be wearing those sheath long johns. Most comfortable thing I've ever worn. You just slip and slide up in the inside of your uh, waterproof pants. Keeps everything warm. Keeps all the sweat wicked away. It is a good time. All right. I got to pee pretty bad, so we're going to get through this next topic kind of quickly. And I do my homework on this next one. It's the run your mouth special report on why you never have to listen to anyone ever again. Isn't that nice? Doesn't that feel good knowing that you never have to listen to anyone ever again? Because I'm seeing a furthering of the manipulation of data, of government turning to scientists and going, hey, here's the results I'm looking for. Go get me a study. And so it used to be sometimes you'd have conversations with liberals, this people, then that one, then that one. And they tell you some stats. They tell you some information. You go, I got to go do my homework on that. Oh, you might actually have an interesting talking point or you would debunk somebody else, but go, Hey, have you taken a look at this study? Those days are over. We are advancing into a new landscape of socialism where all the information is just fabricated, to fit agendas, and so here are all the recent headlines that fit the mold of this conspiracy theory that I'm throwing at you. First one is, and this is from NPR, and I will show you some other similar headlines. Research at the heart of a federal case against the abortion pill has been retracted. So you got this uh, mifepristone or whatever, where you're out there, you got all sorts of dudes, they're blasting loads up inside of you. You don't want, you got to get yourself an abortion so you take the pills and uh, you're aborting stuff. But then you get all these studies coming out that's talking about how when you're aborting stuff, maybe you're shoving other things out of your body too. Maybe you're shutting down other things. In fact, they're looking at reporting of people that were taking this stuff and go and look at the increase in hospital visits of the people who are taking this stuff. And so it's going up to the Supreme Court, the availability. I don't even know if the Supreme Court's interested in the safety or efficacy of taking the uh, uh, mifepristone, mifeprestone, muffeprestone, muffer pills. Let's just call them muffer pills. Let's keep it simple. Just throw that on the can so that now all of us understand it. Muffer, kills, when you gotta, muffer pills for when you got to flush out your vag. Nice and simple. Can't you just throw that on the container and then I go, oh, I know what you're talking about. Oh, you got the muffer pills. Perfect. Let's blast some loads up in there. So anyways, they've got an upcoming Supreme court case diving into whether or not muffer pills, uh, should be allowed to be mailed straight to your house, readily available in stores. And guys, I'm dancing around this news story because I don't know all the details. So you guys can look into this. You can look into why the Supreme court's looking into this case. You can also look into the studies themselves and what they were coming back with. Here's what I would like to highlight or what caught my eye, is why is it that the studies are being retracted now before the Supreme Court takes a look at it? And you either have bias on either side, either a bunch of conservatives fabricated fake research about the dangers of this medication, and so what was going on there that before this got to the Supreme Court, conservative-oriented people were able to fabricate fake studies, or you've got a flaw in science going the other way where suddenly the Supreme Court was going to be taking a look at this, and a bunch of uh, Democrats got very upset. They said, Hey, we don't like this research. And so they put pressure on the medical journals that published the research, and the researchers, and, the, and so it was retracted. Now, what was interesting to me in reading through these news stories was you had the scientists that had put together these studies saying, Nope, we stand by it. And I didn't see much information about why the studies were being debunked. I didn't see any study i didn't see anything about why the information it was just it was being retracted that was it it wasn't it was being tracked retracted because it was fake information here like do you guys remember when they retracted the hydroxychloroquine cases and it was because the harvard professor who had signed off on it finally got his information on the uh on the data and was like this is totally fabricated and then it got published and so there was a reason why it was being retracted and it was because one of the chief people who had signed off on it, or one of the people that had lent their names to it, finally got to see the data and was like, yeah, my name can't be attached to it. And so that whole case got thrown out. In this case, no one's reporting on why it's being taken out. And so it just kind of highlights to me here, I can read some of the other headlines for our listeners only. This was from the New York Post, publisher retracts chemical abortion studies before SCOTUS case on FDA approval. Reuters, US publisher retracts studies cited by Texas judge in suspending abortion pills approval. Once again, I'm just highlighting science should be you study things and you report your findings. What is going on here that is something approaches the Supreme Court, it's being retracted. What changed about the research or the science? On one side, somebody must have been trying to cheat the system of that they put either put together false information or good information is being censored. The point I'm trying to highlight is that us as individuals, now if someone's quoting a study to you, whatever. What does that mean? Good for you. You got some scientists who researched something. Is it actual information? Here's another one. This is from the New York Post. Trans women's milk as good as breast milk. You hear that this is uh this is official science from british health officials that trans women milk the chemical milk from people who i guess medically speaking were originally men and then science came along transitioned them to women because that's how they identified right let's just say let's let's go with it you were god nature messed up your lady born into a male's body science comes along and it pumps you full of chemicals so you can be closer to the way that you identify and now you're having a kid that i i don't think you're birthing through your penis so you're not experiencing that part of the lady experience i guess you're adopting or you used the male genitalia that you don't identify with to impregnate someone and now you want to feed that child and so they've got chemicals that they can put into you so that they can make a man breastfeed and so in this case they're coming out and saying that that chemically induced milk is just as good as regular breast milk which is better than formula by the way and i'm here to tell you just wait for the baby suicide rate in 20 years like already remember when they used to say formula was just as good and then you'd see some kid just puking and you'd be like i don't know i feel like the tip milk's better cuz your kids puking all over the place. No, no, no. The, 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 the formula is just as good as the, as the good breast milk. And now they're coming out and letting, you know, the, the trans milk. The, what do you think the baby burping vomit's going to be from trans milk? You're going to see like kids like the exorcist just climbing up the roofs of the houses, just puking out green. And the scientists being like, Nope, that's just as good. That is just as healthy. Uh, And so, I don't know. Here, we can read this. This is from the New York Post. Breast milk produced by men who transition to women is as good for babies as milk from a genetic female, according to British health officials, sparking outrage from critics questioning the science. I don't know. That's official government science. What would there be to question? A leaked letter from the University of Sussex Hospital NIH Trust contended that milk produced by transgender women after taking a combination of drugs and hormones is comparable to that produced by a mother following the birth of a baby. Now you're already saying comparable. Comparable how? And that it's technically milk, comparable and that it comes out of a nipple, comparable and that you can physically ingest it. What do you mean by comparable? It's already less of a claim the Telegraph reported this week staff further clarify that the term human milk is meant to be neutral and is not gender biased said the missive sent to critics who blah 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 all right and then I wanted to read this this was jumping ahead hold on one second yeah jumping ahead while doperidone also known by the brand name motilium was not intended for this use USHT said the practice is safe even though the medication could be transferred to the baby through breastfeeding. Does that sound as safe as regular breastfeeding, that the medication could be transferred? Is that gonna be like a pyramid where you breastfeed your baby and then your baby can breastfeed a smaller baby, and then that baby can small uh, can breastfeed like a little mouse or something. You know, like when you have those really rich people, they got the angel who's pissing into this fountain, and then that fountain pisses into that fountain, and then that fountain goes to that fountain. Or is there gonna be a pyramid of chest feeders here? Who knows, maybe this is how we've solved world hunger. We've got calories down to a science where everything that you consume forces your body to create calories for something else. This might be the way to solve world hunger, people. Maybe we send some of these chemicals over to Gaza and you can have all the dudes just chest feeding the kids and then the kids chest feeding them this all the way down to chest feeding the animals. Motileum says only small amounts of the medication may be detected in breast milk, although it adds that the medication should be used during breastfeeding only if your physician considers this clearly necessary, which I, it, it, I mean, why only if it's clearly necessary? If it's just as good as breast milk and breast milk is better than formula why don't you just give this to heterosexual dads shouldn't they be contributing shouldn't the hetero if you if you have a wife and your wife just went through the long arduous process of pumping out offspring for you are you telling me that you're going to be so selfish not to take these chemicals and give your your baby the superior product of breast milk i don't understand why should this only be considered if it's clearly necessary if it's actually just as good, why wouldn't heterosexual couples, if their wife couldn't breastfeed, be required? I mean, I, you should we should all shame these men who don't want to enlarge their, what, because you don't want to enlarge your breasts? You don't want to feel effeminate? What did your wife just go through? You think she wanted to have a big stomach? You think she wanted to push a baby out of her vag hole? You think she wanted to? No, but that was part of the process. This is an opportunity for men to step up and contribute. But more of the Think Tank Policy Exchange sent a missive to the Telegraph, bashing the hospital's guidance, calling it unbiased and naive. Just back to our core theme. How do we feel about government research coming out? All right. Now, this is from the Wall Street Journal. It is from the opinion section. So keep that in mind. But this was an article titled Climate Tears, Neuter, and Energy Watchdog. Unfortunately, in recent years, the IAE has succumbed to politicization and strayed from its security mission. In 2020, the IAE bowed to enormous pressure from climate activists and ceased publications of oil and gas demand forecasts that didn't show demand for those fuels would soon peak because imaginary future climate policies, green groups had been angry over IAE's baseline forecasts showing what the activists regarded as too much oil and gas demand. This was because these baseline forecasts assumed only the laws currently on the books and didn't engage in conjecture about future green policies. As a result, IEE's influential demand forecast now reflect wishful thinking about the timing and cost of the peak oil and gas consumption. IE's capitalization, I I, got to start reading glasses. This thing's just far away from me. The political pressure transcends more technical debates among, oh, I know what we can do. I got a great idea here. Why didn't I think of this earlier? I'll just go full screen, and I can walk over there, and then you guys can read it also. I'm so smart. Skewing IE's uh, capitulation, and then it turns out I just didn't know that word, to political pressure transcends mere technical debates among energy forecasting experts, bullying the world's respected energy authority to mislead the world into thinking that oil and gas demand will soon peak... well, soon peak might align with the preferences of certain governments and activists but the distortion and politicization of the IEA's once respected forecasts pose significant risks skewing forecasts to signal a near team peak in fossil fuel demand perpetuates the myth that there's no need for further investment in new oil and gas fields the iea has announced that under its imaginary scenario in which the world marches towards net zero emissions, new investments in oil and gas won't be required and therefore none will be permitted. The median activist has gleefully interpreted the IE's observation as a plea by the world's energy authority to ban new oil and gas investment with little clarifying pushback from the IEA. IEA. In the past few weeks, the Biden administration has jumped on the IE's forecast for near-team peak in natural gas demand now i'm not too familiar with this organization i don't know how much investment takes place on the backs of what their reporting actually is but i do understand the way that government can manipulate data and go look our own internal organizations are reporting that we've reached peak oil demand and that's why it makes more sense for all these other products and for these investments all right here's another article also from the wall street journal on this same theme let's go full screen once again The Biden team doth protest. There is no EV mandate. Dude, this has such COVID vibes to it. Now that I remember this one, as I read it, tell me this doesn't give you massive COVID vibes. The Biden team doth protest. There is no EV mandate. A Biden official declared, no, the Environmental Protection Agency has proposed greenhouse gas emission standards that would effectively require that EVs make up two thirds of automaker sales by 2032. The standards will accelerate the transition to electric vehicles, EPA said. EPA's proposed emission rules are so stringent that automakers will be able to comply only by producing an increasing number of zero emission vehicles or by buying regulatory credits from EV manufacturers like Tesla. Americans shopping for a new car will have no choice but to buy an EV or pay a fortune for the few gas-powered cars still available. And so this is what I've been talking about, by the way, of that we need to create my higher carbon reducing trees, because if we can get higher carbon reducing trees, when they have to implement products that you have to purchase the carbon credits, you got one product that doesn't work. Nobody likes, but they're not using, but guess what? It doesn't matter because since it uses less electricity, you get a carbon credit for it. So it's a way of stealing that there's certain products that people actually use and like, and so the products that people actually use and like, what you do is you kind of tax them a little bit more by forcing them to spend, basically to buy credits, which means that the, 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 the product that you want will be more expensive. So if you want to go out and you want to buy a gas car, the company's going to have to actually buy carbon credits from people with the cars that you didn't want to buy, so now your car is going to be more expensive, and some other is going to be able to make money off of something that you didn't want or need. And so while they're doing all this, of course, they're going to go, well, we, there's no mandate here. We're not forcing anyone to do this. I mean, sure. We're creating incentives so that you can't make the products that people want to purchase, but force anyone. We wouldn't force anybody. All right. Let's, uh, let's continue reading here. Um, Yet Mr. Biden and his allies don't want voters to know that banning gas-powered cars is their endgame. That's why the progressive umbrella group Climate Power on Tuesday shot off a massive emissive to broadcasters demanding that they pull the AFPM ads or else. These advertisements include obvious lies aimed at deceiving the public and must be pulled from the air immediately, Climate uh, Climate, Climate Power Chief Operating Officer Jill Schessel wrote. But who's actually trying to deceive the public? The letter cites a Politifact report claiming it is wrong to say that there is a Biden mandate to replace gasoline-powered cars with electric vehicles. Politifact is a liberal opinion operation. Was it also wrong that the New York Times last made a report that the EPA's proposed rule is designed to ramp up sales of electric vehicles while ending the use of gasoline-powered cars? But of course, we're not, we're not, uh, there's no mandate here. No mandate here. All right. And then this was from Talk. 200 economists demand the EU incorporate climate into economic models. And so this is from Talk, 200 clueless and very biased economists demand more of the policies that had led to a collapse in the support of Greens all across the EU. And here was the main thing that I wanted to highlight. Their main argument is that current models favor market-based over regulation-based solutions. If that were the reason for the model's poor performance, we'd accept this argument. But again, this is not the case. The purpose of a change in model is to introduce a positive bias in favor of climate change investment, presumably because electorates are pushing in the other direction. In other words, the market and all of us, we just wanna be able to consume the best goods and services at the best cost to go about our day. And the problem is that's fucking up the models. And so they want to introduce bullshit into their models that favor investment into green energy. Once again, falsifying government reports about what people want, what they're looking for, what the consequences are, all the, all the data that you would need to actually digest information and make decisions. Back to the article. The letter is testimony to ongoing delusions amongst economists that they are in charge of economic policy and that their models really matter to the world. We are seeing central banks like the ECB are starting to distance themselves from those models because of chronically poor performance. All right, and I think I had one more example, and this is the last one. And email me, robsnewsroom at gmail.com. I'm curious, is it boring if I'm reading these things, or are you guys like, thank you for highlighting... The specific information that I wasn't uh, aware of. So, this is from the Freedom Press. I had also seen it earlier in the year. I think I might have even read it on the show. I think it was in Zero Hedge that it was published. But this is a fascinating article. It's from a person, and he works in academia. And he tells you that in order to work his career, you need to get yourself published into journals. And if you're going to get yourself published into journals, you gotta make sure that the information that you're publishing actually fits their agenda. And so in this case, he's doing a study on uh, global warming and uh, forest fire risks. And he'll tell you straight up, if you wanna prevent forest fires, why is this, uh, give me one second. Everyone's coming after me. Uh, If you wanna prevent forest fires, there's all sorts of things that would be more efficient than trying to change the climate. Uh, You might want to get your uh, utility companies in order. You might want to do more forest fire prevention. There's all sorts of things that you could do that would be practical, but guess what? No one wants to read about that, and no one wants to publish it, because what people want is the information about how global warming is causing the forest fires, so that they can say, hey, there's X cost of global warming. I'm putting words in this guy's mouth at this point, but that's what they want. They want to go, they're, they're like, you're not factoring in for the cost of global warming, which is every single time that there was a forest fire, because there's never existed before, and so if we forecast for the increase in forest fires, because of the increase in our accounting for weather temperature going up. Well then look at the cost of all of us actually driving our cars. All right, let's give this a read. I left out the full truth to get my climate change paper published. Let's go full screen. Once again, I like that. I like that. All right. If you've been reading any news about wildfires this summer from Canada to Europe to Maui, you will surely get the impression that they're mostly the result of climate change. Here's the AP. Climate change keeps making wildfires and smoke, whereas Science call it the new, uh, um, abnormal. and PBS NewsHour, wildfires driven by climate change are on the rise. Spain must do more to prepare, experts say. In the New York Times, how climate change turned lush Hawaii into a tinderbox. And Bloomberg, Maui fires show climate change's ugly reach. I'm a climate scientist, and while climate change is an important factor affecting wildfires over many parts of the world, it isn't close to the only factor that deserves our sole focus. So why does the press focus so intently on climate change as the root cause? Perhaps for the same reason I just did an academic paper about wildfires in nature One of the world's most prestigious journals. It fits a simple storyline that rewards the person telling it Continuing The paper I just published climate warning increases extreme daily wildfire growth risk in California Isn't that a scandalous headline? Doesn't that really grip you? Climate warming increases extreme daily wildfire growth risk in California catches the eyeballs makes you think damn I better stop consuming any carbon. Let's continue focuses exclusively on how climate change has affected extreme wildlife behavior I knew not to try to quantify key aspects other than climate change in my research because it would dilute the story that prestigious journals like nature and its rival science want to tell This matters because it's critically important for scientists to be published in high profile journals. In many ways, they are the gatekeepers for career success in academia, and the editors of these journals have made it abundantly clear, both by what they publish and what they reject, that they want climate papers that support certain pre-approved narratives, even when those narratives come at the expense of broader knowledge for society. To put it bluntly, climate science has become less about understanding the complexities of the world and more about serving a kind of Cassandra urgently warning that the public about the dangers of climate change. However, understandable this instinct might be, it distorts a great deal of climate science research, misinforms the public, and most importantly, makes practical solutions more difficult to achieve." Um, So I'm now jumping ahead into the article because I want to highlight the other potential solves for forest fires that he ignores. So this is back to the article. In my recent Nature paper, which I authorized with seven others, I focused narrowly on the influence of climate change on extreme wildfire behavior. Make no mistake, that influence is very real, but there are also other factors that can be just as or or more important, such as poor forest management and the increasing number of people who start wildfires either accidentally or purposefully. In my paper, we didn't bother to study the influence of these other obviously relevant factors. Did I know that including them would make for a more realistic and useful analysis? I did, but I also knew that it would detract from the clean narrative centered on the negative impact of climate change and thus decrease the odds that the paper would pass muster with nature's editors and reviewers. This type of framing with the influence of climate change unrealistically considered in isolation is the norm for high profile research papers. I'm going to pause. You guys, are you guys starting to see the grift here? Are you starting to see the way that they work these things where they start with an agenda first? They're not looking for real information. They're not looking for solutions. They're looking to have a paper from scientists in the leading journals telling you exactly the storyline that they'd like to use to then basically squander economic opportunity for us. All right, let's continue. Scientists calculated the two largest climate change impacts on cider deaths related to extreme heat and damage to agriculture. However, the authors never mentioned that climate change is not not the dominant driver for either one of these impacts. Heat-related deaths have been declining and crop yields have been increasing for decades despite climate change. All right, I think we are done with this one. And now I have one last example for you guys. This was from uh, Zero Hedge. Uh, I believe this was published Sunday. It was published on, uh, on Sunday. It was with Barry Weiss, who I don't particularly care for. Because she was late to the COVID party, and so all these leading intellectuals who turned around once the COVID thing was obvious and you're allowed to talk about it, I just I I don't trust you. Whatever you you played you played ball for the government for as long as you could, and then you turn around and go, oh, I'm one of you guys. I'm one of the free thinkers. It's also just an annoying, Joey Broad. I'll be honest. uh Harvard professor says all hell broke loose when his study revealed no racial bias in police shootings why don't we play the video? You guys have listened to enough of me talk and read these articles, but here's a Harvard professor. He's working on an, uh, he's an economist. He's putting together the data on, uh, on whether or not there is bias in, in police violence, if they are more violent towards minorities. And according to him, the results that he got were not in line with what the Harvard narrative would like to be of putting out that there is an issue of bias amongst police reporters. And so he uh, faced some pushback. Why don't we give it a watch?
2: I collected a lot of data. We collected millions of observations on uh, everyday use of force that wasn't lethal. We collected thousands of observations on lethal force. And and it, it was in this moment in 2016 that I realized people lose their minds when they don't like the result. So what my paper showed, you'll see tomorrow, uh, like some of you, uh, was that, yes, we saw some bias in the low-level uses of force, every day pushing up against cars and things like that. People seem to like that result. But we didn't find any um, uh, racial bias in police shootings. Now, that was really surprising to me because I expected to see it. The little-known fact is I had eight full-time RAs that it took to do this over nearly a year. When I found the surprising result, I hired eight fresh ones and redid it to make sure. They came up with the same exact answer and I thought it was robust and then I went to go give it and my God, all hell broke loose. It was a 104 page dense academic economics paper with a 150 page appendix, okay? It was posted for four minutes When I got my first email, this is full of shit. Doesn't make any sense. And I wrote back, how'd you read it that fast? That's amazing. You are a genius. (laughs) And I had colleagues take me into the side and say, don't publish this, you'll ruin your career. Mm. I said, what are you talking about? I said, what's wrong with it? Do you believe the first part? Yes. Do you believe the second part? Well, it's, the issue is they just don't fit together. We like the first one, but you should publish the, no, the second one another time. I said, let me ask this. If the second part about the police shootings, this is a literal conversation. I said to them, if the second part uh, showed bias, do you think I would, should publish it then? And they say, yeah, then it would make sense. And I said, I guarantee you I'll publish it. We'll see what happens. So it was it was, you know, I I lived under under. um,
0: I think that is a enough of that. Uh, I think we're probably going to call it there. I think I had one more topic, uh, but we'll save this for. Next episode, had some other random shit I wanted to pitch, but that's it. I got pee too bad, so that's our episode. Thank you for hanging out with us back. Probably, I think that's going to be the only episode of this week, uh, so probably back next week, Wednesday, and maybe Friday for uh, two episodes. Next week, RobbyTheFire.com, come hang out. We've got uh, a bunch of shows coming up, and uh, we're going to call an episode. Thanks for hanging me out. Shoot me an email, Rob'sNewsMagema.com. Tell me what you think of all the articles. Uh, rate review subscribe tell your friends about the show we're cooking out some high quality episodes let the people know let them be informed of the fact that there's no reason to listen to people in arguments because all their stats are probably fabricated anyways all right later we did it it was fun.